For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday morning. How are you, folks? You got your boys, Mac and Mac, here on Birds 365. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. We got a good one planned for you over the next two hours. Uh, we got a good Eagle guy. We got a good national guy. We got an MFR and an MVP. The MFR being Mark Farzetta. The MVP being Matt Verderam, who's a player uh, these days with Sports Illustrated. Moved over from fan side to join Johnny Squad. On SI. So uh, keep right where you've got it for the next two hours. Johnny Mack, Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott mm -hmm. a, a Philadelphia Eagle. Say it so, buddy. Yeah, big name. I've got to call it uh, Big Name Friday, uh, Jody. Not only Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Keanu Neal coming in for a visit, there's rumblings about Kevin White down in Tampa Bay. Um, yeah. 
Uh, you know, when people hear familiar names, they get excited. You remember 2015? Look, I don't like when people say, oh, Ohio State quarterbacks can't play because of Arch Leachner back. <laughs> He's gambling. Right. And, and that has anything to do with C.J. Stroud. Same thing. DeMarco Murray has nothing to do with Ezekiel Elliott other than it's similar in that they ran DeMarco Murray into the ground, had a great you know season, 1,800 yards, well over 400 touches. He was basically cooked uh, at the end of that. Uh, it came to Philadelphia, was very disappointing, had two more years where, you know, the numbers weren't bad because they gave him the football a lot in Tennessee, but there was no juice. There was no juice left. Um, same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. Guy was a great back, a great, great, great back. But, man, he touched the football a lot over his first four seasons. And he hasn't been the same since. It's been a slow decline, and it ain't getting better. I mean, he might be a little bit. Last year, he fell under four yards of carry. It might get a little better behind the Eagles' offensive line, which we always talk about. Yeah, it might get up to four, but the juice is gone. It's it, it it's not worth it. It's you know, I will say. He's a really good pass protector, and the Eagles haven't had that in the backfield in years. But that's kind of like you make fun of me with Zach Pascal. Yeah, All right. I mean, similar. that's why you're bringing in a back. To, and by the way, he's not even going to be the third down back. So what's the point? Same thing. I mean, all right, great. He can, he can pass protect, and few running backs can do that in the modern NFL. So it is a, a unique uh, uh, skill. But then, no, it's not a fit. And I think it's more – Coming from his end of the the spectrum of, I'd like to play for the Eagles. Um, you know, he's probably looking at the NFC and seeing the same thing I am. Plus, you get that double down. You can give Jerry Jones a little kick in the butt as well for releasing him. But, you know, I still think it'd probably rather go to Cincinnati for obvious reasons, get back to Ohio. But, um and, and the Jets, your Jets were the other, uh, and they got a young back. I, I don't know why they would want him other than to collect, uh, you know, another big name after they get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, man, I just, I wouldn't go near it. I wouldn't go near it. You and I see this very similarly. I, I'm not going to set it. It sounds like you're almost that flat zero chance that it could happen. I, I won't go there. I'll go about 2%. Because I do think he's got a little something-something left in the tank. He did score 12 touchdowns this year. So he's still got a nose for the end zone. He is surely not the player he once was. He is absolutely a declining player. But sometimes you can decline and still be useful in some way, shape, or form. You talk about friendly, team-friendly deal. We toss that uh, phrase around every once in a while, John. It would have to be an uber team-friendly deal. Another phrase we use from time to time is ring chasing or ring shopping. If he really believes that the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC and he just wants to get that championship ring, something he sure as hell didn't get in Dallas, and he <laughs> thinks the Eagles give him the best chance to get it, and he's willing to come in on a veteran minimum deal, yeah, I'd have some interest in, in Zekiel. I can't just dismiss and say, no interest, no chance, lose our telephone number, don't be bothered. No, I'd at least have a conversation. 
Do I think something will get done? No, I absolutely do not. I don't think he's ready to play for that veteran minimum yet. And I do believe that what happened yesterday, and it was an Adam Schefter, I was driving around in the car and I first heard on WIP that Schefter was reporting that uh, Ezekiel had uh, trimmed his list of preferred destinations to three, one of which is Cincinnati, old stomping ground, uh, to the Jets, yeah, play with Aaron Rodgers, and three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, one thing came immediately to mind for me when I heard the Eagles' name. This was a very well-decided-upon and scripted list of three. If you want my prediction right here, right now, who do I think Zeke Elliott is going to play for this year? I'll give it to you. The Dallas Cowboys. I think this was a thinly-veiled attempt to get under Jerry's skin to say, oh, shoot, what happens if he ends up with the Eagles and we end up losing the Week 17 game because Ezekiel Elliott scores two touchdowns and I to the Eagles, and I let Zeke walk out the door and never even made him an offer to come back. Yeah, that's what I see this as. He's still looking to rejoin the Cowboys, maybe juice up their offer a little bit, let them get scared that he could go to the Eagles and poke them in the eye late in the season this year. That's what I, the first thing that came to mind when I heard this was, oh, he's lobbying to get back to the Cowboys. This is a play at making the Cowboys worry. Oh, snap. What if he lands with the Eagles on a cheapy deal and he actually has a hand in beating us for the NFC East this upcoming year? That that was the first thing that popped into my mind. He, he knows his chances of landing with the Eagles are slim and none. But why don't I just put it out there into the universe to make the Cowboys think about it? And maybe I can get a couple more bucks or any offer at all to go back to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, I, I do think he's going to end elsewhere. So we don't agree there because, you know, I, I sometimes I give other teams too much credit. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that because I do. I cover the Eagles and I, 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 I too often the Eagles make typically make good decisions. I give them credit for that. They're not always right. They, they're not, not only not always work, but you understand the decision making. I've been talking about that all week with Chicago. I don't understand the decision making. So I I probably give too much credit um, to other teams for not making dumb decisions. But if you're going to pay Tony Pollard ten million dollars, you, you know why are you bringing Ezekiel Elliott back for anything? You know other than the veteran minimum. And is he willing to play for the veteran minimum? I don't. Maybe he has to. Um, I doubt it uh, because there are too many teams that will get enamored with the reputation and, and he's still a decent player. I'm not saying he can't play at all. I do. You know, aren't we past the 12 touchdown thing? So I know he had 12 touchdowns, but I mean, his longest run was 27 yards. They used him in a specific role. All right. He's a big guy. He's powerful. When they get down there, they let him have the football. That doesn't impress me that much. Um, I'd look at where he was, you know, as a rookie when he was probably the best running back in football, let's be honest, over five yards of carry. And then the slow decline. And and, and last year for the first time under 3.8 yards per carry, under under four, 3.8 was the total. And so – that that stuff doesn't tend to 
turn around as you get late in his career. And he's only 27 years old, but remember he's played seven seasons. And and we're talking about, it, 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 you know, when you add in the receptions, because he's a pretty good outlet receiver as well. That's the biggest thing I get. Right. And that Ezekiel dropped credit. off drastically this year. You want to talk about a drop-off. That was his biggest drop-off. He, he caught well, like that's because one pass he, a game out of the backfield this year, 17 catches for the entire season. That's because he can catch. He, he can still catch. He, he's a really good uh, receiver, but they found a better receiver. He's got more juice. So, you know, then it that to me is not like he can't do it. It's just found they found somebody better, but he was at 350 touches as as a rookie. Then he only played 10 games, but in those 10 games, he was he was near 300 touches in 2017. Then he was at 380 in 2018. Then he was at 3 360 in 2019. And the history of the NFL, you can look at it all over the place. The history at what Demarco. Murray's the most obvious comparison because he, you know, was in Dallas, came to Philly. When you have that many touches, bang, it, it's like falling down. off a table. Yep. So I, the Eagles know this. The Eagles are one of the most analytically advanced organizations when it comes to this kind of stuff in the league. That they, they of all teams, I, I don't think they're going down this path. I, I like your open, leave the door open 2%. I always like to leave the door open 2%. But they are so immersed in this analytics stuff. They know the history of backs who touch it that much and where it's going. Boy, I just, I can't see in a million years. I think it's more of, and I always say this, because of Howie's reputation, agents around this league, when they have a player sh- they're trying to shop around, you see all these stories and I joke, dot, 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 and the Eagles. Who's interested? It could be Chicago and Dallas and, and Kansas City, dot, 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 and the Eagles. In this case, with Schefter, it was the Jets and the Bengals, dot, 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 and the Eagles. You're trying to get, oh, how is in? How is in? Let's try to get that market up. I think Cincinnati is the most logical spot because I think they're fed up with Mixon. Um, he's got a history there at Ohio State. They see themselves as, as a contender. Maybe they're willing to go the veteran routes. Um, but Philadelphia, yeah, they need a running back. I'm, I, I'm not sitting here and saying you can depend on Rashad Penny or, or Kenny Gainwell, but I don't think this is the running back. Yeah, nor do I. This This was, for me, a – uh, not all that veiled attempt to get back to the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see if it plays out that way. I maybe the Cowboys have completely washed their hands of them. I don't know. Um, I thought the combination of the two last year, uh, Zeke and Pollard in Dallas was pretty damn productive for them. Um, so why why wouldn't you? You're only locked in money. Elliot. I mean, you're paying the guy franchise tag money, Tony Pollard. He signed his tender. Now they have until whatever. All right, so who do you think the second Cowboy back is going to be? It's going to be a young guy. Um, I, I I don't know who they have there. It could be a draft pick. We talked about the draft uh, uh, being very deep at the running back position. But that's what I mean. If they're a smart organization, and you can make that argument they're not, 
you're not going to pay one running back franchise tag money and then pay another back decent money. That's poor allocation. That's what I'm saying. Now, sometimes I give other teams too much credit. You know, we talked about it, all-ball linebacker and the Bears. You don't do that. Well, they did it. Um, maybe the Cowboys do it, but I think they're smarter than that. I think, but we'll see. Right. But I, what, what kind of contract do you think Zeke's going to get? From whatever team it is, uh, the the team that's willing to pay him the most money. If he decides, listen, I'm going to line everybody up. Yeah, ring chasing is nice. Whoever offers me the most money, that's what I, I'm I think he'll get. At Who least, do you think would be I, that I team, think and get, what kind of money do you think that would be? I think he'll get five million in incentives that can get it way up um, because of his reputation. Yeah, I don't see. Um, I don't even think he'd get that. I, uh, I think he's he's down there in the veteran above veteran minimum incentives is probably a pretty good idea if you want to cut that type of a deal with him uh, if you can get him to bite on it. But I don't think he's I don't think he's going to get anywhere near five million dollars. I don't what what type of team would make a play for a guy like that. The only one I can think of would be a team that is close to making the playoffs and they have a desperate need for running back, and adding him could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs, then maybe you'd pay a premium for him. And a premium is a massive reduction from what he was making last year. I, I don't even know who that team is. Well, I think the three teams, that they, they all fit. They all fit. But the Eagles, what they forgot about and uh, is that they're really uh, you know, disciplined. Uh, Cincinnati, I, I think they're fed up with mixing some of the off the field stuff. They're always dealing with something. They're a legitimate contender. There's no question about that. Agreed. Uh, and they have uh, history. Um, they don't have history with Zeke, but Zeke has history at Ohio State. So you have that. The fan base would be so excited uh, to get a name like that. Um, so you play off that. The Jets are 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 gearing all up. I mean, you know, the Jets are going to get Aaron Rodgers. They're bringing in Alan Lazard. They're bringing in all his buddies. He's he's a knucklehead. He's 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 going to say, "Oh, we can get Ezekiel Elliott. Let's bring him in." Um, you know, you're starting to prey on 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 your poor Jets. And the Jets are going to be a good team, by the way. They're going to be a good football team. Not going to be a contender, but because they have when they get Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be a good football team. So, I mean, these teams were picked for a specific reason. And the Eagles were picked because they're the Eagles, they're a contender, and they need a running back. But again, the back end is, yeah, they do need a running back, but they're way too disciplined to bite on this particular running back. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I I, I think you're giving him – it's funny. I'm giving him more credit for what I think he can produce next year. You sound like you think he's done – but I think the market is going to dictate he's not getting paid by anybody. That uh, most teams have already, if they don't have bigger needs than Ezekiel Elliott, uh, they don't have cap space to give him a decent contract. I, I think he's going to uh, he can throw out all thirty-two teams' names, and I don't know if he's going to get anywhere near five million dollars. All right, Jody Mac, Danny Mac, the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Told you we got two good guests coming your way. One Eagle specific, one national specific. First up is our bud, Mark Farzetta, host of the Farzy Show and also the Jacob Media Eagles pregame show. We haven't talked to Farzy in about a month. We're due to get a Farzy update. It's coming up next here on Birds 365. 
Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. edition of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, joined by another follically challenged individual. But like us, he's got some good hair on his chin. Always <laughs> good to be able to talk to our pal Mark Farzetta, host of the Eagles pregame show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and the Farzy Show on YouTube daily. Farzy, how's uh, your spring treating you so far? <laughs> so far, so good, my friend. So far, so good. And you know what? Speaking of hair there, Jody McDonald, I think this is the yeah. first time you and I talked since you said I dyed my beard. This is all natural, my friend. This oh, is still all natural. Like a no, not even, I got a little gray. That's got... the good fans of Birds 365. All, a little gray. Little gray. I'll, I'll put a little shoe polish in it maybe later in my life, but right now. No, nah, you can't do that. We're just jealous, Mark. But one, <laughs> once it goes, you got to let it go. Oh, I, I, I learned that. Silly route. 
Yeah, I learned that yeah. when I finally buzzed my head and I shaved it. I bicked it. I was like, you know what? I fought the good fight. It's time to go. No more strategically placed <laughs> exactly. hair. Exactly. <laughs> that is impressive. That is impressive. And that's why you're a big name. And that's why we got you on Friday. It's Big Name Friday. Oh, there you go. Ezekiel Thanks, Elliott. I want Ezekiel Elliott. I want Keanu Neal. I want Devin White. Am mm. I insane? Yes, I am insane. I don't want any of those players, but I'm. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. How excited are you with Ke- Ezekiel Elliott and Keanu Neal? Keanu Neal, I'm excited for, was it his left knee that helped the Eagles beat the Falcons in the yeah. divisional round of the playoffs? I believe it was. Torrey Smith told me that was the luckiest play he had ever seen. If you remember that ball that should have been intercepted, bounced off his knee into the hands of Torrey Smith, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, then was up going, Smith. Oh, yeah. 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 Th- what 35 yards on that play whatever they got yeah. it was it was incredible then maybe later the field goal but yeah I, the eagles need a lot of help at safety right now i'm comfortable with reed blankenship i'm more than comfortable with reed blankenship i'm not exactly comfortable with justin evans a guy who hasn't really played in the league in three years due to injury and i know everyone says you always want to put that behind you he wants to put it behind him hopefully he has success here in philadelphia Kayvon wallace obviously hasn't taken anything by the reins as a safety here in philly yet i know everyone was rooting for him early because of the brian dawkins connection that whole thing but they need as much help at safety as they can get so i'm i'm okay with kicking the tires and keanu neal him visiting the eagles is fine as far as ezekiel elliott goes no thank you and it's got nothing to do with the fact that he's a cowboy it's got that's that's all a joke that's a, a fun talking point but when nothing you, to do with demarco murray n- nothing, nothing or to do, no. miles austin or the fact that he ever wore a star on his helmet n- nothing to do with it watching him play and we all watch the cow and everybody watches the cowboys whether or not you're rooting for them to lose or, or win whatever you're doing that guy is so slow to the line of scrimmage now. That's really what it comes down, down for me. When I, when I watch him, I watch Tony Pollard be able to run between the tackles or bounce it outside. I watch Ezekiel Elliott only be able to run between the tackles. He can't bounce it outside. And even when he does run between the tackles, he is so slow to the line of scrimmage. And I know, and Darius Slay put this out on the Twitterverse, and I know Lane Johnson was eyeing up Ezekiel Elliott on Twitter and that whole thing. But do you really want Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson to be holding their blocks for 20 minutes as they wait for Ezekiel Elliott to be approaching the line of scrimmage? Because the run game is supposed to be an easy thud and done. They're gonna be like they're gonna be like Braveheart, where they're they're yelling hold as the horses are racing towards them. But unfortunately, there's gonna be no trick up the Eagles sleeve in that regard. I think Ezekiel Elliott, I think in the red zone he can help. At the goal line, he can certainly help, but I think the Eagles are set right now as far as the roster goes. I do think they take a running back in the draft later on. I don't think they go early with it. Uh, and I think that's the next thing they're going to do to add to their backfield. So you think he's done? I think he's more or less cooked. I mean, when you watch him with the Cowboys, uh, our friend Jeff Kerr put these numbers out there. Last in terms of percentage of 10-yard uh, carries, last in yards per carry. When you talk about 22 ranking uh, running backs, He just doesn't seem like he has it anymore. He'll be able to go out there and help a team in the red zone at the goal line. He still has that 12 touchdowns last year certainly speaks for that. But you're talking about a guy that ever since he signed his long-term deal that he held out for, he's had what four, five, 100 rushing yard games. And this is a guy that was the bell cow guy. And now he's been passed by his backup in Tony Pollard. If that doesn't, who, by the way, obviously, as we know, made a Pro Bowl. So if that doesn't tell you all you need to know about a big money running back, taking a running back early in the draft, how quickly that can go south, then then I don't know what will. But yes, to answer your question, I think he's more or less cooked. 
Yeah, and you mentioned our buddy Jeff Kerr. I mean, uh, Jeff's a big stats guy, and the Eagles are, you know, one of the most advanced analytically teams in the NFL, and they have all these numbers and more numbers than that. And as you said, the guy's longest run last year was 27 yards. Um, you mentioned that percentage of 10-yard rushes, 7.4% tied for last in the NFL. Tackles avoided, tied for last in the NFL. Yards per carry, last in the NFL for a starting-level running back. I mean, why are we even having this discussion with the Philadelphia Eagles? Other than Adam Schefter, look, the agent got now, hey, do us a favor. We know how this works. Throw the Eagles out there. We know Howie's reputation. This is not an Eagles running back. This is not an Eagles move. If Howie Roseman does this, I'm going to think somebody's holding them hostage. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. I, the other thing that I thought was, who was it? The Bengals and who else was? New was York Jets. New York Jets. Okay. So the only reason I thought the Eagles were in on it, and anytime I've talked to Shefty, he's always said, you know, the Eagles are in on everything. If there's yes. somebody available, they're kicking the tires. Exactly. And John, you've exactly. said the same thing. So for me, when I saw the Eagles name mentioned first, all I saw there was the agent and Ezekiel Elliott extending a middle finger to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Like, oh, you don't want me anymore? Huh? Maybe I'll flirt with the Eagles a little bit. Maybe I'll come back and haunt you. But I think uh, everyone knows that this it's just not happening here in Philly. Yeah, I saw it more as a, a ploy to get the Cowboys reengaged. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, I'll stick it to you by going to the Eagles. Or I could come back and talk to you guys again. Because, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, John and I both say 2% chance just because we don't want to go to zero that he lands here in Philadelphia. He's not. Um, but are you good with the three running backs that the Eagles have? Is Ezekiel Elliott not coming here? Do the Eagles take a flyer on a seventh round back and say, well, if Isaiah Pacheco could do it to us and stick his eye finger in our eye in the Super Bowl, we'll get that same exact guy this year. Sometimes a little easier said than done. Uh, do you think the Eagles are making a move at running back? I, I do. I think they add it later in the draft. I don't think it's – I'm sorry for everyone that loves Bajon Johnson and all that. Like, I don't think that happens here. Uh, I don't think the Eagles go in that direction. But I do think they add a running back later in the draft. That's been more of their MO. I think they're happy to have Boston Scott here. I think they're happy to give Kenny Gainwell the opportunity here. And I think – they're really excited to see what happens with Rashad Penny. And I know if we talk about injuries at the safety position with a guy like Justin Evans, you certainly got to talk about it at the running back spot with Rashad Penny. I will say this. my uh, I'll use this term, uh, cousin-in-law. My cousin-in-law is from that part of the country, loves the Seattle Seahawks. I, I did not expect him to be that pissed off that Rashad Penny signed with the Eagles and left. Also, uh, Sean Desai, for what it's worth, leaving the Seahawks. These are two guys that I wouldn't expect would invoke any emotion but, man, he was pissed when the Eagles got those guys. So, shout out to my cousin-in-law, John. But uh, Rashad Penny, I think they're more than willing and more than excited to see what he could bring and, and be healthy and put a guy like that behind this line of scrimmage. Because when he's been on the field, he's been phenomenal. It's just that, that every time they got every time you mention the name Rashad Penny, you got to mention if he stays healthy and you know what he could do if he's able yeah. to st step on the field. Because you're talking about a guy that was averaging over six yards per carry, as we all know by now. So I think they're set right now with the running back room with those three running backs. But I do expect them to add a running back later in the draft. Yeah. And the, and the penny stop to your uh, I'm not surprised your cousin-in-law, John, you know, was excited. Because every time he's on the field, he was unbelievable. He yeah. was just never on the field. He'd have been, But he's, to me, is a typical Eagle signing, right? Six yeah. 
6.1 yards per carry, the upside behind a bad offensive line, by the way. So you can imagine, oh, he's doing 6.1 behind a bad offensive line. What's he going to do behind a good offensive line? But you can't count on that guy. No. I mean, you, you, you can't count on him. I can't count on Kenny Gainwell. The Eagles need a running back. If I were to tell you the leader in carries for the Eagles in 2023 is not on the roster right now, would you take that bet? I would not take that bet because I do think the leader in carries is going to be Kenny Gainwell. But I think the guy that's going to score the most touchdowns is Rashad Penny. So I think the leader is Kenny Gainwell. I think they still need another running back, and they will get that other running back. But I don't think they moved on. I, I think everybody knew what they were doing with Miles Sanders before the conversation even started. Like, it, it's not even so much that going into training camp, the talk was, oh, my God, is he even the number one back anymore? Is it Kenny Gainwell? And then throughout the season, I noticed Kenny Gainwell seemed to get more carries in the early goings of games than I would have liked the running back a younger running back to get. I thought Miles Sanders should have got some of those carries. So I think they're really very much willing to make that transition for it to be Kenny Gainwell, but the opportunity is very much there for Penny to get more carries if he proves, if he, proves he could stay healthy. So I think Gainwell is their leader in carries, but I do think that, again, they're going to add another running back, whether that yeah. be... I think that unnamed rookie, yeah. Mark Barzett, is going to be the leader of the pack, and I don't even know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hold going to be the guy. But John doesn't believe it's going to be B. John Robinson at number 10. No, no. Robinson. I think I said Johnson no. earlier. Yeah, B. John Robinson. I, okay, so then do you see them going running back early? Uh, the earliest would be third round, but I think how he's going to add uh, middle round picks. He doesn't have a four, five, six right now, but I think he's going to probably drop down from 30, try to add some picks in the middle rounds. Daniel Jeremiah said this is a very deep running back draft. I trust Daniel. He's got 13 guys with uh, uh, three uh, – they're going to be drafted in the third round from a grade perspective, but that never happens. Right. So you're going to get value in the fourth, fifth round. Jody talked about Isaiah Pacheco. We all saw it. He's a seventh-round pick. Now, that's a lightning strike. Right. But I could see a fourth, fifth-rounder being – Isaiah Pacheco like behind mm -hmm. this offensive line. I I've got to be honest, Mark. You got enough juice left. I don't know if Ezekiel Elliott does, but you got enough juice left to get 800 yards behind this offensive line. So why couldn't a rookie? Yeah, my my teammates freshman year at Archbishop Wood would disagree with you on that, but um, <laughs> I uh, I um, I I look at it like this: the offensive line is the biggest curve you can give any running back coming into the NFL. Like I always say this about the quarterback position. It's never, it's not easy to play quarterback, but it's never been easier to play quarterback than it is in this modern era that we're playing or that we're watching. Uh, when it comes to a running back, there's no offensive line. I think in football, that's easier to run behind than this offensive line. That gives me great confidence in Kenny Gainwell. It gives me great confidence in whoever the Eagles are going to draft. Uh, we'll, we'll call it the field, John, that we're having confidence in stacking yeah. up yards, right? Uh, and it also gives me confidence in keeping Rashad Penny clean. We talk about keeping quarterbacks clean all the time, and rightfully so. But if you could keep your running back as clean as possible, where his, where he's not taking the big hit, where he's able to get out of bounds on runs, or he's able to not be you know blindsided, whatever it might be, while he's running through the tackles, then that also gives me more confidence that Rashad Penny can stay healthy. So whoever you do draft, bottom line is, 
this offensive line is going to make that guy's job all the easier and make Howie Roseman look even better with whoever they take later in the draft. All right, Farzee, when we analyze Eagles and roster building, roster moves, and try and uh, take what Howie Roseman has done previously and affix it to what he's going to do in the future, well, one of the constants has been age 30 is a dirty phrase that the Eagles usually move away from guys when that first number becomes a three in their age. This offseason, they re-signed Brandon Graham. They re-signed Fletcher Cox. They extended Darius Slay. They signed James Bradbury. Um, and I'm missing one more. Uh, Brandon Graham. Cox, oh, well, that Kelsey there. guy playing Kelsey. center yes. is yeah. also in his 30s. And they brought him back. Uh, a lot of 30-somethings coming back. So a narrative out there has been Eagles were old to begin with, and they stayed as old, if not got older, because the calendar went one year further with a bunch of guys they kept. Is this a legit concern? Uh, no, for me. Uh, I think in a year or two, it'll be a legit concern, especially when you're talking about Bradbury and you're talking about Slay. That's a concern down the line. But as far as to use this tired phrase, running it back with a lot of these guys, I, I think especially on the defensive end position, Josh Sweat is really coming to his own. I see the Eagles going defensive line early in the draft. Uh, Brandon Graham showed last year uh, he had a career year that he could still you know bring in and still has a lot left in the tank as far as that goes. But when it comes to the offensive line like Jason Kelsey, I'm not that concerned. Obviously, they didn't bring back Isaac Samalo. Uh, he's going out there to Pittsburgh. Uh, Cam Jurgens, so you're getting younger there. You got younger at the uh, offensive line position with Landon Dickerson and Jordan Mailata. I think they have enough of the young guys to mix in well with the older guys that they brought back. They'll address these issues, I think, in this draft. They'll address the issues in next year's draft as well. But this year, I don't think it's going to be as glaring a need or a problem as some people are considering. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I throw this out all the time. I want to throw it at you, Mark. I told Jody, I tell Mike Gill all the time. In a lot of ways, I think Sam Hankey broke Philadelphia. <laughs> I, I think that not everybody, it's always a portion of the fan base is always thinking about the future. And there are times you should be thinking about the future. Um, if the Eagles won four games last year, you shouldn't bring back Brandon Graham or Fletcher Cox. They were tied in the Super Bowl with seconds remaining. Mm -hmm. The window is open. This is when you seize the moment. This is what Ezekiel Elliott's trying to get Cincinnati to do. They're a legitimate contender. Hey, bringing a veteran back to get over the hump because Joe Mixon's going to do something goofy. That's his hope, in my, in my opinion. That's where yeah. I think he's going. And even the other teams, the Eagles contender, the Jets, as funny as it sounds, if they get Aaron Rodgers, as we all expect, good football team. Um, why are people always thinking about the future? Why? You, you, oh, Darius Slay's 32, so let's play Zach McPherson. Right. James Bradbury's 30, so let's play Greedy Williams. Fletcher Cox is. 32, so let's play Marlon Tui Pelo. What the hell is going on? <laughs> this is a Super Bowl contender. The people that always think about the future are never wrong. Like, because they're betting on something that's like three or four years down yeah. the line. They're not yeah. betting on right now. So you're not going to be wrong now. You might be wrong three or four years down the line, but you're not wrong right now. So you sound like you're a ahead of the curve. That's why people like talking about the future. 
But as as far as all that, with with how he wrote, it's so weird saying this now because we weren't even saying this after they won a Super Bowl with him. But the idea of Marcus Mariota being here brings back a lot of the Chip Kelly conversation and people making jokes about Chip Kelly, whatever. People talk about going back to the Super Bowl twice in five years. The fact that Howie Roseman picked up the pieces after the Super Bowl era, seven years, or excuse me, after the Chip Kelly era, two years later put this team in the Super Bowl, five years later with a different head coach, different quarterback, after another what was supposed to be lighting the franchise on, on fire moment with Carson Wentz, they're back in another Super Bowl. So when you talk about the future, I don't know of another GM where I look at, like Dave Dombrowski is a hell of a president of baseball operations for the Phillies, but and he's won wherever he's been. But, man, you look at Howie. It, it's not the Howie Roseman of old here. If you want to talk about a guy that can rebuild and rebuild right before our very eyes and make this team competitive again within a year or two, Howie Roseman is the guy to do it. So if you're talking about the future, you're questioning a guy that has went through a post-Chip Kelly rebuild, uh, post-Super Bowl victory Carson Wentz rebuild, got the new head coach, got the new quarterback, and got back to the Super Bowl again all within a seven-year span, two Super Bowl appearances in those five years, and a couple of rebuilds thrown in the mix. That's pretty impressive. So if you're talking about the future, if you're thinking about the future, Howie Roseman's already a step ahead of you. So try to be in the future as much as Howie Roseman is while still being present. That's what makes a great GM, a great uh, head of football operations, when you can stay in the future, stay in the present, while also making sure you're engineering yourself to be successful in the future. Well, I, too, bow at the altar of Howie Roseman and the job he's done here over the last several seasons. Derek Barnett going to be on this football team this year? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think you're looking at a defense. You're looking at you're looking at a, a team that I think is going to go with defensive linemen at ten. They're going to be looking heavily at the defensive linemen at ten. Miles Murphy, uh, Kyle Von Ness is another guy that I know is in visiting the Eagles. I know he's gotten a lot of attention right now. Um, so when you look at guys like that, or excuse me, Lucas Van Ness, when you look at a lot of guys like that, I think they're going to be going defensive line. Later in the draft, though, I think they move out of 30. I don't think they make a pick there. They either use that as a trade to move back in the draft, uh, or they bring in maybe that safety. Maybe he's incorporated in a trade for a safety and picks later in this uh, in this upcoming draft. But I don't think there's going to be a spot in this roster for uh, Derek Barnett. I think it's going to be time to move on from him. Yeah, I think um, from Jody's standpoint, I mean, tell me who the 10th pick is going to be. If it's an edge rusher, uh, yeah, Derek's probably gone. Mm-hmm. Um if they go a different direction, they still might go quarterback because of the age. We know he'll take a luxury pick. Doesn't have to be on the field immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's dependent on position. And that I want to go to Keanu Neal because to me, I don't know what position this guy plays. What are they bringing <laughs> him in as? Is he a linebacker? He played linebacker in Dallas two years ago. He wasn't mm. happy with it. He went back to playing safety. I talk about this with Jody all the time. They don't want box safeties. Right. So what, why, where's the fit with this guy? It's well, a, to me, it's either a linebacker or he's going to be playing cover two. Right. What, what, what are we talking about here? I don't <laughs> even know positions with, with Keanu Neal or are the Eagles again ahead of the curve mark and saying you know what we're gonna go basketball here we're gonna go positionalist with linebacker and safety yeah um I, I i i understand the term 
positionless basketball. And I know it gets brought up all the time and it's starting to eke its way into the NFL. And I don't like it. I like some organization, like something being organized to what I'm a little bit more familiar with. So I can, I know what to expect from certain players. The, the um, Keanu Neal uh, interest, let's call it surprised me at first. And then when I thought about it, what do the Eagles really love at the safety position? Whether that be the versatility of a Brian Dawkins or the versatility of a Malcolm Jenkins or the versatility of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson just as recent as last year. They love versatility. So when they bring in a guy and they kick the tires on a Keanu Neal, they're looking at the versatility that he can bring. Can he be the deepest man on the field or can he play at the line of scrimmage? They they love that type of versatility. Can he get in the backfield and make a hit, whether that be a tackle for loss, whether that be rushing a passer, whatever it might be. They like that type of versatility. This might be the most extreme example of it uh, in terms of a guy's experience. I mean, you're asking Chauncey Gardner-Johnson last year to go from nickel to, to safety, so he had to change things up a little bit, but it wasn't <laughs> linebacker to safety, certainly. So this might be the most extreme version, but still, it's a version of a very versatile defensive back slash linebacker that they could bring in here, in pot, or excuse me, uh, safety slash linebacker that they could bring in here and bring some of that same versatility. Yeah, I, I'm not buying what you're selling. They like versatility, you're right, but versatility between slot corner and right. safety, not yeah. linebacker and safety. They, well, I think it was they want their like, safeties to be able to cover, and that is not a strength of Keenan Neal. Doesn't make any sense. This mm-hmm. guy makes no sense. Johnny told me last week, well, they, they wouldn't take on a Chuck Clark because he doesn't fit because he's a box safety. Right. Chuck yeah. Clark's a better safety than – Canal Neal is. Mm-hmm. I'd rather give up a seventh round pick and get Chuck Clark than <laughs> than sign Canal Neal, who's a linebacker dressed up as a safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think you know there were differences. Like Jim Swartz, yeah, uh, he liked Malcolm Jenkins. He Malcolm played it seven Jim different Swartz defense positions. anymore. Yeah, right. exactly. Now we have Jonathan Gannon, and we all think Sean Desai is going to. I mean, he is going to play the same philosophy, mm-hmm. and that's about quarters coverage cover two and 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 yeah that nickel sort of safety and and jg we call it mirrored position nickel and safety but that ain't keanu neal i sometimes i sit back and i i say well i i mean it's just a visit but boy i don't I don't, I don't know what's going on at those two positions right now. I don't uh, think the Eagles do. Safety. <laughs> I don't think the Eagles do right now either. I mean, which is rare because usually I know exactly what the Eagles are doing. I was just talking about it. Most of their decisions make sense to me. I got to be honest. I'm a little perplexed at uh, linebacker and, and safety right now. Now, Moro's like 200. 16 pounds mm-hmm. they'll say he's 220 he's not uh nicobe is 511 i don't know what they're i think they list him at 230 don't they he, he hasn't seen 230 and right. since i met him that. um they're really undersized at linebacker um which makes sense if they want to play coverage which i think they do but then they bring in keanu neal mm-hmm. What do I what what do I need a box safety for? I I just watched Marcus Epps and CJ Gardner Johnson. I don't I don't get it. Uh, do you get it? <laughs> I don't. No, I I don't. And and to go back to the Keanu Neal uh, interest again, we'll call it. I, Jody, I realize I'm 
I'm stretching just to try to figure out what the hell the Eagles are doing because I'm like, John, I'm confused. Like, I know the Eagles haven't really valued the linebacker position, and I get that. And then you see a guy like Alex Singleton go out to uh, Denver and have some success. He signs a deal. Then you see TJ Edwards have success here. He goes out and he signs a deal as well, about a million dollars separating the two deals. So at the linebacker position, it's not something that they've very much valued, as we all know. It's the old, it's a tale as old as Jeremiah Trotter, you know, where you could really rely on a linebacker to come in here and make a play. So Nicobe Dean being a third-round pick is the biggest investment you'll see them make at the linebacker position now, unfortunately. You'll see them come in with a guy like uh, uh, Morrow, for instance, and he, to me, is another T.J. Edwards, Alex Singleton, where they know he'll come in, they know he'll be healthy, they know he'll play, he'll make a 100-plus tackles, whatever position you have him in, whether it's Will, Sam, or Mike, wherever they have him, he'll make some plays for you. But they're not playmakers, so they just want guys that can – be the end of a play, make a stop. They're not going to be overly aggressive, as we all know, to use that buzzword early in the offseason, aggression. They're not going to use that. They just want guys, they want bodies that might be able to bear fruit later on, and they'll get at a great price. All right, Farzee, I've gone down this road for the last uh, couple of, well, week or so since Isaac Sayomala went elsewhere, and I know it's borderline blasphemy here in Philadelphia. Ooh. Yeah, I know Stoutland University, Stoutland University, and he's the best offensive line coach in the NFL, and he might be one of the best assistant coaches in the NFL, but it's almost like a given. If the Eagles are changing someone's position on the offensive line, well, Stout will do it. It won't be a problem because Stout will do it, and if Stout says it can be done, it's done, and the conversation's over and done with. I do remember Andre Dillard moving from the left side to the right side and failing miserably. So he doesn't hit a thousand percent. He hits a very high percent and everyone remembers exactly what happened with Dickerson just two years ago. So everyone just assumes that's what's going to happen with Cam Jurgens. They're going to plug him right in for Isaac Sayamalo and nobody misses a beat. Is he going to be Pro Bowl level year one uh, just because Stoutland waves his magic wand and says, Cam, you are now a right guard. Is that going to happen this year? Um, I don't know about Pro Bowl level, but what I'm going for is serviceable. I need a serviceable uh, right guard at that position. And you bring up Andre Dillard moving from left to right tackle and then left tackle and then moving to to, to guard at some points during the season. And he He's played better at guard very than well. he was at right tackle. He absolutely is. And that's more to my point of, yeah, I, if he can turn Andre Dillard into a guard and have him be a serviceable guard and Andre Dillard still plays serviceable left tackle when called upon to do it, not right tackle, but serviceable at the left spot, then I have confidence in Cam Jurgens, who's got experience at the guard position already from college. Jason Kelsey helped recruit. Uh, that's a guy that I think can have success with Jeff Stoutland. And it doesn't just come down to Jeff Stoutland at this point. If you go back to Howard Mudd for a second, yeah, as the offensive Howard, line coach, that what I was told by multiple people was that Danny Watkins could have been a good guard in the NFL. He could have been a good offensive lineman. But Howard Mudd rode the hell out of him. It was really tough on him. and gave him a lot of that tough love, and he just couldn't handle it. For whatever reason, couldn't handle it. The thing that's interesting here with Jeff Stoutland is that he's got other guys that have already bought into Stoutland University. If anybody is having struggles, if anybody can't handle it, if Cam Jurgens can't handle it, and I think he can for the record, but if he has his struggles, he's got Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson to identify with as one of the younger guys on the offensive line that are all there to help him and say, look, 
You can figure it out. If not with Jeff Stallard, you can figure it out with us. And those other four guys that are supremely talented will help bring up anybody else that's on that offensive line. So they have the opportunity, not just with Jeff Stoutland, but through the fruits of Jeff Stoutland's labor already with Jason Kelsey and the guys I already mentioned. If you're struggling as a Cam Jurgens, those other four guys are going to help rise you. They will be the ship that helps raise the tide. Okay. And speaking of those other guys, big news right now at Mark Barzetta on Twitter. Follow Mark there. The Barzy Show does a tremendous job. Uh, watch that on YouTube. Lane Johnson, one year, get this, $33.45 million extension, $30 million of wow. that guaranteed. Wow. Um, I know he had a huge cap number next year, so they're probably trying to get that down. Lane's talked about playing two more years, so this probably sets him up there. So, yeah, he had 47. Um, so he's he's on the books for $47.3 million over the next three years, but it's really a two-year deal. Whew. It gets that massive upfront money. Um, yeah, Lane's going to go. Lane's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, he's he's one of the best right tackles. Uh, he hasn't given up a sack in two years. I mean, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Lane Johnson, the big extension. What well, uh, I can't say he doesn't deserve it. Best right tackle. <laughs> we all, we Nick Sirianni said best right tackle in the world. He kind of uh, giggle at that because nobody else plays football, but. You know, wow. in America, but he's the best right tackle in the world. He is. And we all knew it was coming that at some point he was going to renegotiate his deal because he basically does every year to give the Eagles cap flexibility in the given year. He gets it in a signing bonus, which is upfront money, which is guaranteed, which he earns and deserves. And John correctly points out he's the best right tackle in the world. Why the timing today? Are the Eagles planning something else today? I, I thought that they would sit on the lane extension till they got down the road with Jalen Hurts because that's going to be the next one. Now, I think Hurts, they'd like to add some money to this year, but most of it's going to be just an extension, and then they're going to have to figure out those years. First of all, you got to get an agreement done, then you got to figure out how to cap allocate over a period of time. I thought that's when it may wait to. Usually you do something like this, you're doing so for a reason. Where else are the Eagles? Uh, well, not necessarily. Money? Well, you are doing it for a reason, but it might be the reason down the road. Like people too often assume, oh, there's something coming right now. It might be just clearing up the space for the jail extension. Um, but it's interesting. You sign a contract like that and you say, wow, you see the numbers and they're going to gain cap space. <laughs> That's right. the whole point of it. Um but yeah, they 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 have about it's tough to tell this time of year because the contracts are, are they lag uh before the NFLPA reports them. So, I mean, the Eagles have about 8 million in cap space before this um and this will this will it'll actually go up from this contract as amazing as that sounds. Uh but yeah, it, it's probably more about Jalen than anything else, I would say. That's when people when people talk to me about the cap, and they're like, well, they don't have enough cap. And I'm like, you have no idea what the cap is. Like, the, the cap, I mean, we know what the cap is, but we don't know how it changes with whatever Howie Roseman wants to restructure, or extend, or whatever. And I, when it comes to the cap this particular offseason, I am a thousand percent lost. John, to your point, and trying to figure out what the Eagles are doing with linebacker safety, whatever it might be. Charlie Gardner Johnson was supposed to be the number one, you know, uh, the number one priority, and he all of a sudden seemed like the last, like behind Fletcher Cox. 
So it's it's bonkers to me what they're doing this offseason. But the beauty part is I think it all works. And the main reason it works because how is the guy as the maestro and Jalen Hurts is your quarterback. So that makes me feel pretty damn good about yeah. the next season. Jake Rosenberg. I'd like to give a shout out to Jake. He doesn't give enough credit. He's the Eagles director of football administration. He's the actual bookkeeper. Oof. Yeah. All right. He's, he's not going to. He's got a better calculator than Howie. Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> I'm not saying Faster that. Working but, calculator. Yeah, Howie. Howie taught him, but he does a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to this stuff. So. Oh boy. Are we? Is he going to get? Is he going to be the next guy poached from the Eagles front office? Uh, yeah. The Eagles probably don't like that I say his name so often. Yeah. He's point, John. Why? Yeah, why do you? Why do you hate us, John? What are you doing? That to yourself, McMullen. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate not keeping yourself. We appreciate you sharing. Thanks for jumping in today. We'll get you back up again next month. Uh, we shall talk, my friend, and uh, get that shoe polish going. I'm I, I was just going to say, falling right out of the drawer. Thank Thanks you. For, <laughs> for the Farsi show on Monday. See if you can get that spot right there. Right there? Thanks. <laughs> That's Mark Farzetta here with us on Verge 365. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, coming back. Uh, a couple of around the NFL things. I, I got to text Lane for a loan, man. Thirty million up front. Boom. How about uh, that? Think, How about think that? He'll be adding a, a new wing to the Lane Johnson workout barn over here in New Jersey. Yeah. He certainly got the coin to be able to do so. Um, we're hoping to hear from Matt Verderay. Um, uh, we I haven't heard back from him yet. I text him. Uh, he's a central guy, so. He might just be getting up to jump on with us coming up in about 25 minutes. Um, since he has moved his writing station from fan sided to uh, Sports Illustrated, he might have a new email address. So our, our email might not be go, going through. We are planning on and hoping to talk to Matt Verderham in about 20 minutes or so here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow. To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. 
But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Get your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We thank uh, Farsi, Mark Farzetta, for jumping in. Uh, you got Jim Dora in season right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, hosting the Eagles pregame show and his Farsi show every day on YouTube. Uh, and he swears he doesn't die his beard. If he doesn't, God bless him. By the time I was Farsi's age, I had more hair than Farsi at Farsi's age. I never went the full shave brute, but. I was already going gray in the beard by his age. So if he's still as dark as he says he is, more power to him. He's a handsome young man. As he kicks the shoe polish under the desk. Yeah, might might very well be. Um, uh, We're hoping to get Matt Verderam up here in about uh, 20 minutes. Not 100% sure yet. But there are a couple of uh, national football stories, John. This one should uh, get some response from our streamers uh, here on Birds 365. It seems like... The tush push is back. The NFL uh, met and uh, it had been speculated that they couldn't get two thirds of the NFL, although some were a little outspoken about it, that they wanted to see it go away. The ability to push a runner from behind on a uh, short yardage situation. The Eagles almost took it to a level of perfection this year. Unbelievably uh, tremendous at, at converting on those short yardage situations. Uh, Some thought that they would take it away just because the Eagles had become unstoppable with it. Um, Doesn't look like it's going to get bad. Doesn't look like it's even going to be brought up for a vote, Johnny, back. The tush-push is going to be part of the Eagles' offensive weaponry again here in 2023. Yeah, uh, no doubt it's not. It's going unchallenged by the competition committee. So it's here to stay for at least uh, 2023. Um, so it's here, it's not going anywhere. Um, the short term, generally when, um, it's competition committee recommendations, they're not going to recommend something they don't think they have the votes for. Um, so it indicates it wouldn't pass anyway. So they're not even going to bring it up. So when they do bring it up in the future, they're probably going to have the votes. The question is, are they going to bring it up? So, Originally, I thought, yeah, they're going to change it. Um, Now, since then, people have brought up some interesting points to me. One, they're all about offense. And even though it's not an aesthetic play, a lot of people brought that up. I brought that up. Um, 
it's better than a punt from their perspective because people are staying on the field, converting and scoring points. Um, and that's what the NFL wants. Um, and I think that was a good point. But you and I talked about this a lot, and we both agree. I don't think it helps the Eagles. I no. think it hinders the Eagles. Uh, for the counterintuitive point that if you if you break down every single tush push from the Eagles this year, I don't think it, I don't think Jalen Hurts needed ninety percent of them. I I really don't. Um, is it a nice insurance policy to make sure? Yeah. I'm watching one right now. The athletic popped up uh, at the goal line against the chiefs and, and the super bowl. He didn't need any help. He was in. And all of a sudden you see he was in. Um, and my point from that perspective is it helps lesser quarterbacks when they have help because everybody else has figured it out and they say, Oh, let's copy the Eagles. And now if you're, the lesser quarterback who's not as good with sneaks, it becomes easier for them to copy and you're going to convert anyway. So I don't like it that I think it would be advantageous for the Eagles if they banned it, but it's not going to ban. Understood. Um, As far as the theoretical debate as to whether it's good, better and different for football, um, I will say that just because if they've done away with the tush push, is it a given that every time a fourth and one team's going to go, uh-oh, we got a punt? No, I think they would have continued to go for it at a pretty good percentage. Yeah. Not 100%. Yeah. If they're yeah. going for it 100% with the tush push, it will be less than 100 But I do believe it would they'd go for it more often than they would just, oh, shoot, we'll punt. The league as a whole has gotten more aggressive. The Philadelphia Eagles, again, trendsetters that they were. And remember, this goes back to Tuggy P. This didn't start with Nick Sirianni here. The Eagles became an uber-aggressive go-for-it-on-fourth-down team under Coach Peterson. Um, I think teams would have still gotten for it, and then they would have. No, but, I don't, I, but real quick, Jody, I don't think that's the point. I think you're right. They'll continue to go for it, but they're going to have more success. And more success means more points. In other words – if you're going to go for it on fourth and one and you're going to throw the football because you got an immobile quarterback, you might have an incomplete pass, drop pass, blah, blah, blah. You don't have points being scored. I think the point, the theory is that from what I've heard from people is, well, it, it generates more points because they're going to stay on the field. They're going to continue. They're going to score. I think that's the thought process more than it's going to curtail aggression. I don't think it's going to curtail aggression. But points might go down, and that's what they don't want. Points yeah, going see, down. And I would argue that that if you don't convert, then the other team has got the ball in a good position, and they can immediately score points. So it's all about scoring points. The only thing you want to do is eliminate the punt because that will slow down the ability to score yeah. points because it's a 40-yard transition in the field. Uh, if they go for it and convert or they go for it and they're stopped, doesn't matter. You're probably lending yourself toward more points. It all comes down to how often would they punt. And I think fourth and ones would uh, be as aggressively pursued going forward with or without the touch point. So I don't, I don't buy that. I think that, and this is purely my own speculation, not uh, from anybody else's opinion and, or certainly not anybody in the know. 
I think what they're hoping by keeping it in place or, or what they could have hoped for if they had done away with it is more creative plays off fourth and one that maybe they would fake the tush push and then look for some kind of a pitch play and a uh, well-sealed block and a guy goes to the house off a of fourth and one. Uh, several teams suggest that, including the Eagles said, oh, we've got plays that we can run off. It. It's not we're not guaranteed to do it every single time. How many of those did they actually run this year, John? Uh, they started running some later. <clears throat> you know, the funny part is Nick has talked about this and he, he was on uh, Jason Kelsey's podcast uh, from the combine. But they just put up and he was talking about it. they were talking all year about having Fletcher in the backfield. Um and they never got to it. And you could tell he's talking about they're just having fun. That's the ironic part. Like, it's not a strategy thing. It's not. They're trying to get Pletcher involved to psych up the team. You know, how exciting would that be? And he got too hyped up. And they were they had it in for the Super Bowl. They didn't have it in for the Super Bowl. And Nick said he probably lied to him. He said he had it in, but he didn't really have it in. They're not even. It's not even serious to them. It really isn't. Um, and later in the season, they they were had they started running some different things on it. They were having a little bit more fun for it. But because of it, that's the ironic part to me. Because of the quarterback, they're getting it. They're getting it. And they're having fun. And that's why I say Eagles fans, a lot of Eagles fans don't get my point. It's counterintuitive, but they should want it banned. Because mm-hmm. they're getting it anyway. The other teams are the ones who are going to catch up or at least catch up a little bit and start <clears throat> copying it. And that's a bad thing for the Eagles. That's not a good thing. That's a bad thing for the Eagles because there the Eagles a... might stop them on fourth and one. I think the now only... with the extra toast push, maybe not. I think the only <laughs> running back in the NFL who's got even uh, quarterback in the NFL who's got even close to the power. And I would say Jalen Hurts is the most powerful running quarterback in the NFL is Justin Fields. Uh, he's got that same <clears throat> kind of good lower body, can drive the pile by himself. Uh, kind of Others don't. They just don't. Other quarterbacks around the league don't have what the Eagles have and to a lesser extent the Bears have. So, yeah, if it's getting conversions for those other teams because of the assistance from behind, it's not a good thing because the Eagles don't don't necessarily need it. I uh, one other thing about uh, off season uh, change rule changes and the like, they didn't really come up with much, John, with the meetings that they had. We're always on the lookout for what is the NFL going to suggest? The competition committee going to suggest to the owners? No grave changes other than. You can now potentially, and this hasn't been passed yet, but it's been, uh, will be put before the owners, a fair catch on a kickoff that that if you don't think the kickoff is going to make it to the end zone, you know it is now on a kickoff, it goes into the end, you know, you used to have to catch it. If you didn't catch it and take a knee, then the ball was live and you could, the other team could pick it up and score a touchdown. Then they waved that away and all it has to do is hit in the end zone and you get a touchback, you get it out to 25. If the kicker gets the perfect kick, and it's going to come down with a lot of height at the five-yard line, you can now flat-out fair catch it, uh, give the wave, 
and the ball is that because on a punt, you where you fat, fair catch it, you get the ball exactly where you make the catch. On a kickoff, it would be the same as a touchback, and they would bring it out to the 25. It, it kind of flies in the face of what the NFL is doing. I know they're in, in a conflicting position because they want to protect the player's safety, a.k.a. no concussion so they can't get sued. Uh, and they want to lessen the plays that really do put players at risk, but they want to be all about offense. What could be more boring than a fair catch kickoff at the five-yard line and walk it out to the 25? Please give me another play that you can describe, John, that would be more boring than out on the football. Well, kickoffs have become incredibly boring. Uh, in general until late in the season when you have some weather games and you can't just kick it out of the end zone. Uh, and then they become exciting again. And you have a bunch, you'll notice all the big kickoff returns. Almost all of them come in the second half of the season. All of a sudden you say, there's no kickoff returns. There's no, there's no kickoff, re- even punt returns to a lesser degree. Um, there wasn't a punt return touchdown for a long time in the NFL last year. Um and then all of a sudden the weather turns a little bit and you have crappier kicks and guys have chances to return it. All of a sudden you got all these spike of exciting plays. Um, I don't know why other than the NFL hates to give credit to other, or, you know, the XFL, there's been three versions of it. The, the AAF, I mean, all these minor leagues, they have better kickoff rules. Just steal it. You don't have to wait for them to die. Just steal it. Um, who cares? You're the NFL. It's a better idea than your crappy ideas, but college does it. So now they're going to do it. I'm, you know, I'm glad you brought up the point, Jody. And it's so dumb. It's so dumb. But when you talk about player safety, you're really talking about concussion safety Mm -hmm. because they don't give a rat's ass about ACLs and, um, torn adductor muscles and everything else. It's all about concussions. It's really hard to educate the audience. I talked about it yesterday. Who did we have on? Oh, John, John Stolness. You know, one of my, and I've talked about this with Brian McCarthy in the NFL. They do a terrible job educating media, never mind fans, about penalties, about player uh, um in, in years past, before they changed it, you would hear that narrative always. Oh, the NFL doesn't care about uh, domestic violence, but they care about marijuana smoking. How many times you hear that? Well, the marijuana penalties were structured in the CBA. Negotiated. You, yes. You, you, you bail a test, here's the penalty. You bail a second test, here's the penalty. You bail a third test, here's the penalty. You, you fail a fourth test like you're Josh Gordon, you're suspended for the year. The, the, the personal conduct policy was different. There was a lot of uh, uh, wiggle room, a uh, lot of power to Roger Goodell. Uh, you had the Players Association fighting for the rights of players, as they should do. That's their job. But it wasn't structured. And I told Brian McCarthy, who's the communications guy for the NFL. I said, in every press release, you should put at the bottom substance abuse penalties are, are structured in, a, in a, a, a jointly negotiated way with the NFLPA. You should do that in every single press release 
because there are media people who didn't understand it, never mind fans. They do a really, really poor job of educating consumers. And, and same thing with the safety issues, with the kickoff issues. But larger point, take the XFL's role. It's more exciting. Not open to interpretation. That's what they need to add to every one of those press releases. It's not something that Roger Goodell can put his thumb on the scale and go, well, I need to weigh this against precedent and this situation. It wasn't exactly the same. Oh, no. Positive test, positive test. That's it. You, you, yeah. you, you and again, we were talking about we were talking about we were talking about Calvin Ridley again. Structured penalty, gambling penalties are structured. There's no wiggle room. There's no wiggle room. But but people don't, and and you get those same arguments. Well, they don't care about domestic violence, but you can't go on a betting app. How many times you hear that? I heard that fifty times. Yeah, it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense for a reason because it's collectively bargained that way. There are some things that are negotiable and other things that aren't. Then you should know the difference between the two. I eat John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're hoping to hear from Matt Verderan. Uh, we haven't had Matt here on Birds 365 since he joined Johnny Squad. Jumped from fan-sided over to Sports Illustrated. He's going to be part of the MMQB podcast going forward as well. Uh, Matt's always good when we get him on. We're hoping to get him on. I uh, Oh, I might have an email address that uh, I can give to Xander, and that way I can uh, uh, get Matt Verderam's email out to him so he can jump in here on the stream here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. 
the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Marlon and McDonald here with you on Bird 365, a football Friday show. Uh, we're reaching out to Matt Verderam. He should be joining us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, one of the things I'm going to run by Matt, and I'll do so with you here, Johnny Mac, ahead of time before we get him up. Any truth to the rumor that you've been calling around to NFL teams, asking them why they haven't reached out to uh, Lamar Jackson yet? Yeah, or, are I, I are you doing the that. facilitator thing that – Apparently, a buddy of his is trying to do for him to get you, you. You know, Lamar's a free agent, right? You know, you can call him, right? Do you need his cell phone number? I can provide it for you. And the NFL got all bent out of shape because he's not a valid uh, agent who's representing. He's not representing. He's not negotiating. He's just making sure everybody's got Lamar's number, right? Um, I, number one, Jody. Yeah. I didn't know I could do that. So that's going to, what I'm, as soon as I get off the air today, I'm going to start contacting teams and Lamar's, uh, yeah. Who, who yeah. That's be, a crazy. Who would you be representing? Which NFL player would go, yo, Johnny Mack. Uh, well, Lamar, I, I just want to help out. I oh, just you're going to go Lamar's route too. Okay. Yeah, I just want to help out, uh, try to get this thing done. Um, yeah, that, that, that's getting crazy. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm, 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 uh, if I were Baltimore, I'd be at my wits end with some of that nonsense. I mean, it's a good player. Um, I don't know. Uh, same thing with CJ to, to a much lesser degree. At some point you just say, you know what? Uh, maybe we'll just turn the page. I don't know if Baltimore's there yet. But I think they're getting closer. And and by the way, everybody's budgeted. And we'll bring in our buddy Matt Bergeram. I see him in the green room. Everybody's budgeted. So it's going to be really difficult to find a spot. Um, that's a sticky situation, uh, Jody. Right, sticky then, situation. Then let's get a good national writer to give us his breakdown of where the Baltimore <clears throat> Ravens and the other 31 teams who've been alerted by friends of Lamar Jackson to the fact that he's actually a free agent. Uh, he's got everybody making calls for him, except he can't get a contract done. Uh, give us the latest on the Lamar Jackson situation. Here is from Sports Illustrated now. Matt Verderam joins us on Birds 365. How you doing, MV? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing Very well. Good. Congratulations on the new gig, by the way. Uh, I've been enjoying your stuff at uh, Sports Illustrated, so number one little bookkeeping there uh but if you heard us matt uh that lamar jackson story is getting crazier and crazier what the heck is going on there that story has taken on a whole life of its own you know when you when you have the nfl sending out e emails and memos about a guy named ken francis who lives in florida who may of or course may have florida man Yes, of course. Right. There was only one state that he could possibly live in. But when it, when it starts coming out, like, yeah, maybe they're negotiating. Maybe not. At this point, and I've been saying this for years, but we're really to this juncture tonight. The man needs an agent in the worst way. Like, and, and a real agent. A real agent. A real agent. Not, not like some random 
run of the mill, like, yeah, maybe this person can rep me. Like somebody who has done big contracts, real contracts over the course of time. Without that, he is shortchanging himself. Whether he wants to admit that or not, that's up to him. But I believe he would have been signed years ago. In oh, yeah. Had he had, a, had an agent. Because that agent would have said, there's no way you should be playing on the end of this rookie deal as it is. And if you need to hold out, fine. The other thing we all know is reality is guess what? If you have an agent, you can control the narrative around you a little bit. He cannot do that. And it is costing him dearly. It's a problem. It's been a problem. And now it's really a problem even more than it's been. You mean, are you like suggesting that maybe an agent planted a seed yesterday with Adam Schefter that Ezekiel Elliott would like to be a a Philadelphia Eagle? You mean that other duty that an agent has above and beyond exactly negotiating contracts and that actually happens in the National Football League? Are you actually suggesting that, Matt Verderay? Yeah. It's a perfect example. Like the Zeke thing. Like he liked to be with the Eagles, the Jets, or the Bengals. First of all, I think everybody and their mother's looking to be with the Jets, at, at least at the rate we're going here. The Eagles, and then like people have floated out the Bills. The Bills have like four running backs on the roster right now. How many running backs are they gonna mm-hmm. have? And they, and they don't even give it to any of them right. at, at any point. They drafted James Cook in the second round a year ago. They've got Naheem Hines. They've got Damian Harris. They're going to have Ezekiel Elliott now, too? Why don't they just bring in Derrick Henry? And they can they can run like the, the wing tee. they got four running backs in one shot. It's it's sometimes and, – and look, I get it for fans that there's no reason to think about this stuff. But, like, the narratives that we all talk about are obviously shaped by things that happen on the field. I mean, that that's 99% of it. But there's also stuff that, yeah, it comes from leaks from, from sources. It comes from agents. It comes from teams at times. Now, if you're doing your job, you can, you can kind of figure out what's BS and what isn't. But, um, yeah, if, if Jackson had an agent, there would be some of this like, hey, look, you know what? Here's what's really going on. Here's why my guy's not getting a fair shake. Right now, the Ravens can leak whenever they want to, and they can kind of control the narrative and the conversation around this whole thing. And then yesterday's memo just made it. It went from being you need an agent to this has become a tire fire. Get yourself some real representation. And I think that's where we sit as of this morning. Let me ask you this. If this continues on for another week, two weeks, month, and there's barely any teams talking to Lamar Jackson. Does somebody jump in and go, all right, now we take our one shot. We can actually get value here. That because no one is playing and Lamar's got to be getting worried. And yeah, we might have to talk to him directly, but we might be able to get him. We look at him as a $45 million quarterback. And if we give him 38, and we guarantee 98% of it just so we don't get ourselves in trouble with the league. We don't guarantee all of it. We get a bigger percentage than anybody else has offered him. Is this going to open up someone for a shot and just going, wow, we, we've got a chance to do a deal that's just too good to pass up? Maybe. I, I think right now, <laughs> I think anything's possible. Now, that being said, I don't think he would sign for less than probably at least 45 plus million a year. I don't I don't think he would, and I, I don't think he should. But here's the risk that we all know he runs, okay? If he plays next year on the tag, 
And he has another year like he's had the last two years, which includes an injury of a month or six weeks. You're just going to have teams that go, look, we love you. You're hurt a lot. Like, at some point, that's going to be a thing here. I mean, I think it already is to some degree. Yeah, it is. It's really going to become the main narrative around this. What What if the Ravens either through his, you know, if you were to get hurt again or just struggles, what if they don't win a playoff game next year? And then you have another year where you're like, okay, the team was maybe competitive, but what did it really amount to? All that stuff starts to add up. I want, I think, let's put it this way. I think that we are now a month out from the draft. If you're a team that has interest in him, I think you wait till after the draft because I don't think he's signing with Baltimore any, any day soon. And if you wait till after the draft, let's say you're, let's say you're the Colts, okay, which is just an example to use. I don't, I don't know that they're not going to find their quarterback in the draft, but let's say they don't. Let's say somebody trades up to three, and you go quarterback, 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 and they get to the Colts, and the Colts are like, yeah, you know what? We're not feeling taking Will Levis at four, so we're going to take, we're going to take Will Anderson. All right, right. You're the Colts. If you're Chris Ballard, you got the cap space. You might sit there and go, you know what? We'll give you our next two first-round picks because now those picks are going to be with Lamar Jackson already playing for us. And we're going to be a 10, 11, 12-win team, especially in that division. And now, instead of you getting the fourth overall pick, you're getting a pick like, you know, I don't know, 20, 22nd, 23rd, right? So I think it changes the calculus. And I think if, if you're a team that is in that type of a spot, I'll tell you another one. I don't know that they would do this. If you're the Jets, if this whole thing with the Packers goes on and on and on and the Packers won't budge, at some point, just talking to Lamar Jackson becomes leverage. So there's another team you look at and go, okay, would they do it? Would they consider it? After the draft, Miami becomes eligible. Now, I don't know that Miami can make it work from a, from a cap standpoint, but would they consider it? I, I don't think so. They seem pretty committed to Tua, but, you know, where do things have happened? Um, at what point is there a point? Because Baltimore's been pretty consistent, Matt, that they want Lamar, they want to pay Lamar, they want to give uh, a contract extension to Lamar. At what point is there a point when they throw up their hands and say, This is ridiculous, we got to go in a different direction? Because I think that would change things drastically if Baltimore started saying, You know what, we don't, we don't want this guy anymore. No question. I mean, this is the one quandary I've always thought the Ravens might have after after they put the non-exclusive tag on it because they can lose them for two first-round picks if they don't match any offers. If you're Baltimore, if you're Eric Dacosta, do you have a deadline in your head at some point here? Where you go, all right, you know what? We got we to gotta get him signed. But if we can't, we, we cannot be in a position here where we're going to lose this guy for two first-round picks. Like, at what point do you say, you know, maybe it's time to move on? Maybe you say, look, Lamar, we need you to, you know, we need you to, to play ball a little bit, but we're going to move you. We're going we're gonna to move you on. Now, the problem becomes they're at, they're daring him right now to find that contract he thinks out is out there. Yeah. They're, they're basically saying to him, look, it's not just us that won't give you this contract. Nobody's going to give you this contract. There's not a team out there that's going to guarantee you a quarter of a billion dollars. If you can find that team, go find that team. And if they offer you a contract, then we'll either let you go, obviously, or we'll match it, and you'll get it either way. I wonder, and I don't know that it's even this offseason. It probably would be next offseason, where if they just say, look, you know what? We're, we're done with this. We're, we're done with this. The problem becomes, 
to do that, like they can't trade him right now. He's not under the contract. Yeah. They have, to, you know, and it's not like the NBA where you see all these sign and trades all the time, right? I mean, that doesn't really exist. So I think there is a point where they, they get there where they get really frustrated and throw their hands up. The problem becomes if you trade him off the tag, like let's say you get past July 15th, right? And you trade him. That whoever acquires him can't give him an extension until the following off season. So it so I don't I don't think you get anywhere near the value that you would normally get for him because you're getting him for 17 games. It's just the Ravens have, have kind of allowed themselves to be painted into a little bit of a corner here, and Jackson's not doing him any favors. And a little bit more of the painting in the corner angle. Uh, and I promise we'll move on from Lamar after this. Who the hell is going to play quarterback if this guy is just as nuts as he seems to be? And said, I'll sit home. You guys, I I can always, uh, I don't need to have retirement money for the rest of my life. My pride and my making a statement is more important than me actually playing football. And it'll be a year of me not taking hits. What if he sits home? Who's going to be the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens? Hunley is a restricted free agent. Anthony Brown, is that what you're telling me? Somebody's got to play quarterback for the Ravens this year. Matt V, who's it going to be? I think it would be Tyler Huntley. Um, but I think, look, this is where you get into now. You say, okay, well, the predictable thing is that Lamar is not going to leave essentially you know, about $2 million a game on the table. Like he's not going to do that. Nothing right. about this has been predictable. Right. Nothing. <laughs> nothing, like, nothing about this has been what you'd expect. So you could get into a situation where he wants to kind of make a point and he says, you know what? I'm going to sit out the first four games of the season. Okay. What if he sits out the first eight games of the season? Like your season's over by that point. I don't, I don't care if he comes back for the last nine. Right. I mean, I tend to always err on the side of people don't want to give up a lot of money. Like I, I think in the end he would probably play, but this, again, has been extremely unique. Um, I also look at it and say, you know, if you're him, do you sit there and say to yourself, I know that if I get hurt this year, this is a major problem for me. I cannot afford to get hurt, so I won't play. And I'll make the money up on the back end. I don't know. But here's the other part of this. He's never made major, 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 like, generational money like he will this year. I mean, if, if he just plays this year, He's set up for life, and so is just his kids and, and his kids' kids. He's been on a rookie deal to this point. So I, I think he will play, but this whole situation's gotten to the point of there's clearly even more than meets the eye. I mean, there is more going on in Baltimore right now. And I think for me, my antenna went up. When he wasn't at the wild card game in Cincinnati, they can sit there all day long and deny that that was weird and deny that that was strange. That's weird. That's a bizarre thing, okay? If the Eagles are in a playoff game and Jalen Hurts is a sprained ankle and can't play, Jalen Hurts is going to be in the stadium. Yeah. He might yeah. be up in a box. He's going to be yeah. in the stadium. Yeah. That was a weird situation that he wasn't even in the building that night. So, I, I mean, it, it, it's just a very convoluted situation. Is Jimmy Haslam still the most unpopular guy in the NFL? I mean, Dan Schneider might hold the title for a little bit longer. Ah, yeah, but, Dan. But Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy put Haslam, Dan aside. Yeah. Jimmy Haslam's got the AFC uh, crown for sure. I, I mean, yeah. I, owners 
were irate when he signed Deshaun Watson to the deal he gave him. I mean, I, you know, and frankly, more because of the fully guaranteed money than it was like you're signing this guy with all these yeah. off-field allegations. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's you know, all guaranteed money. Right, because owners owners just care about, let's face it, in most cases, the bottom line. The bottom line in that case was how could you give this guy $230 million guaranteed? You're out of your mind. Um, yeah, Jimmy Haslam's not going over well, and, and I, I don't think that's changed. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on to another tough to predict his actions and movements quarterbacks. He might not match up to Lamar, but coming in out of the darkness, maybe he does. Uh, The whole Aaron Rodgers to the Jets conversation and the moves that have been attached to it and uh, Aaron going on McAfee's show and announcing he's going to be a Jet, except he's not yet. Everybody has had an opinion on, who actually has more leverage as we sit here, right here, right now? And when does leverage change? And when does leverage move? What's your Matt Verderam calendar look like for leverage between the Jets and the Packers? First of all, I, I think I'm going to, Jody, I'm going to dream of the word leverage. If I haven't already at some point subconsciously, I've heard it enough over the last couple of weeks. All right. So here's, here's what you're dealing with. On one hand, you've got the Jets, okay, who – Cannot go to Zach Wilson. Like, I was just talking on a national show about this the other day on the radio, and I was trying to explain to people, like, I'm from New York, you guys obviously down in Philly. Like, if you're not from that area of the country, you don't understand. The Jets cannot go back and go, hey, guys, listen, you know what? Zach Wilson, he's okay. Like, the the fans will burn the stadium down. There's there's (laughs) no scenario where that's happening. Maybe that happens out like where I am now in the Midwest and people go, okay, okay. No, not New York and not in Philly. Like you can't, you can't do that. So the Jets are, in, to use the term we used earlier, they're painted into a corner. They need Aaron Rodgers. Okay. The Packers, however, are painted into a $58.3 million corner because that's the option that is due to Rodgers prior to September 1st. Okay. The Packers do not want Aaron Rodgers. They have been open about this. They are not going to pay him $58.3 million, which is why I think in the end the Jets have more leverage here because the Jets could always pivot to another quarterback should they really want to. We talked about Lamar Jackson. They could always say, we're going to go after Lamar. Now, it's expensive. I don't think they'd want to do that, but they could. I think there's two deadlines here. One is a draft. The other one is beginning a training camp. If you're the Jets and you make the move before the draft, I think the Packers, like the earlier you do it, I think the Packers have more leverage because you're you're further away from that balloon payment of 58.3 million. The closer you get to that, like ask yourself this. Do the Packers want Aaron Rodgers showing up to training camp this year? Do they <laughs> really want that? No. They want Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field on July, whatever it'll be, 25th. Saying, hey, guys, fire away. I'm a $58.3 million backup quarterback. Ask me any question you want, and I'll give you any answer. It's in my head because I don't care what the team thinks of it. They don't want any part of that. So I think the closer you get to camp, the more leverage starts to go to the Jets' side. But in the end, guys, I'll tell you what, I think they're kind of haggling over nothing. I think this is going to end up being a day-two pick. And I think it's going to be another pick on top of that, probably in the same range. It's a conditional. I wrote a piece, not to plug myself, but on SI a couple weeks ago, where I asked three people who either are currently or are formerly in major positions in in front offices and said, look, if you're Joe Douglas, what would you give up? 
And every one of them said the same thing. I'd give up a day two pick, and then I'd give up a conditional pick or two, and that's where I'd land, but I wouldn't give up a first. I think that's where we're going to end up. I think, And yeah. by the way, the Jets have two second-round picks back-to-back after the Elijah Moore deal. Right. Give them one of those yeah. picks. Give them a conditional three next year that turns into a two or a one based on how much money the Packers eat. Or if you want to go like how far you go in the playoffs, fine. But I think that's what this is going to end up being. And I, I think that's fair for both teams. Uh, fair enough. Let's take it back to Philadelphia, Matt. Uh, much smaller scale, scale. But I thought it was interesting, Darius Slay, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I thought it was interesting from this point. Um, I think Drew Rosenhaus, who was uh, Slay's agent, was very honest with Slay. The Eagles said the Eagles need to get that cap money down. They said, you know, we'll we'll guarantee you your your seventeen and a half million. Maybe throw a little bit on top of it. Turned out to be twenty three, twenty two, somewhere in that range. Right. Um, and I think Drew said, look, I mean, you're thirty two years old. You're still playing at a high level, but. $18 million on an extension is not going to be there for you. On the other hand, I don't think CJ got good advice. Um, ends up signing a, a one-year $8 million deal. It's really $6.5 million. When you look at the misvaluation, not evaluation, but the misvaluation, the league tells you all you need to know, Matt, and they didn't think CJ Gardner-Johnson belonged at the Jesse Bates level, to say the least. Is that just everybody in the NFL got that wrong? Everybody outside the buildings? We sometimes get this stuff wrong. How do you sort of gauge what happened with C.J. Gardner-Johnson? So, I mean, you're right. You're right. Um, I think sometimes you're, you're, you're correct in the sense that we're wrong sometimes, too. We just misvaluate yeah. players. <laughs> And we, we like players maybe more than a team does. Or maybe teams think the guy's really good in a certain scheme, but he couldn't play another scheme. I think in this case, I, I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, as you put it, John, got, got bad advice. And you see that sometimes where you look at a guy and go, how the hell did that guy end up on a one-year deal for X amount of money? Well, because at the beginning of free agency, he was getting – and I'm not saying this is the case with Gardner-Johnson, but he was getting offers – and he didn't take him because he thought he was going to get bigger offers. And then those bigger offers never came. There's a rule of free agency that most agents will tell you. The biggest money, the best money, it's right at the beginning. Yeah. And the further you go, the less money everybody's got under the cap. And you start getting into a situation where, like, now teams fill needs. Teams don't have as much money. And now, you know, back to that word leverage, it's like, hey, guess what, guys? Like, nobody's going to give you that four-year, $60 million deal. So now you got a problem. I look at Orlando Brown as an example of that. Last year, the Chiefs offered him, by my reporting and others, they offered him six and like 140. But in reality, the, the last year was a joke. It was really like five and 91. Okay. He did not sign that contract. Okay, fine. They negotiated this offseason. Couldn't get to an agreement. He hit the open market. I think a lot of people thought he was going to get 20 plus a year. Wasn't there. Wasn't there. Ended up signing for four and sixty-four. Now look, he's he's gonna be able to he's gonna be able to eat. He's okay. <laughs> but he left a lot. Of, I mean, he left almost 30 million on the table. And you kept hearing this thing push, like, well, you know, he got this big signing bonus. The Chiefs offered him the exact same signing bonus a year ago. Like he if he signs that deal, he's got 27 extra million dollars. Does, but he didn't. 
he, he, in my opinion, did not get great advice. And I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a terrific player. But Jesse Bates, to your when did he sign? Signed immediately. Yeah. The first day of free agency, he signed. Hey, four-year, 64, sign me up. That sounds great. I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had an opportunity potentially um, without without knowing what offers he had. Like, you would think he would have had some better offers, maybe overplayed the hand a little bit. That That's how it reads to me. All right, Maddie. I know you're a Chicago guy these days, former New Yorker like yours truly, uh, but Chicago guys these days. And this is one team that John and I disagree on. I actually think their general manager's done a decent job. Did he? Did he kind of hang Justin Fields out to dry this past year? Yeah, he did, and he got the first pick overall in the draft out of it. They, although they don't use the word as much in the NFL as they do in the NBA. Oh, they tanked, and they tanked successfully because they wanted to get a high draft pick done, get me higher than number one. And he's already parlayed that into the deal that he's made with your, with uh, Carolina to get himself DJ Moore and that much more draft capital. Matt Verderam's read and the Chicago fan base read. Do they think that the new regime after a pretty poor first year, but maybe a staged first year, is that much better going into year number two? Do they like what uh, the new Bear regime is doing in Chicago? Yeah, I mean, I think I think most people do. Most people, I think, are pretty happy with the fact that, look, you know what? Okay, everybody was understanding of what was happening last year, and, and it, it worked. Um, now, the question's going to become for me, that in a way was the easy part, okay? You had all this yeah. cap space and everything, like, okay, now, now what do you do? Their, their offseason to this point I thought was interesting. I liked their trade with Carolina. In fact, I actually liked that trade for both teams. I thought that was the rare win-win. Carolina is going to give itself a shot at a franchise quarterback, and, had, and it has to. Uh, Chicago got a bunch of picks and got D.J. Moore. Yep. So I like that move for, for, for them as well. I thought free agency for them was a little bit uneven. Like I, I actually like T.J. Edwards a lot at that contract going over – I think he's a good player. You guys obviously know him very, very well. Uh, I think he'll be a nice fit in the middle for them. I thought paying Tremaine Edmonds four years and $72 million was somewhat insane. Like, I think Tremaine Edmonds is a nice player. He's a good player. I get he's 24 years old. You just signed T.J. Edwards. Like You, you don't need to invest in two off-ball linebackers. $92 million, Matt, in yeah. off-ball linebackers. <clears throat> 18 a year for Tremaine Edmonds. <clears throat> He's made one Pro Bowl. Like he's not Fred yeah. Warner here. I I like yeah. him. He's a good player, but that's he wasn't the best linebacker on his own team last year. <laughs> I mean that, that is a lot of money yeah. to go giving him. And then you know I you know I I Nate Nate Davis guard coming over from Tennessee. He's a quality player. I don't mind that. And since they look, they overpay a little bit in my opinion, maybe, but they have to protect Fields. I, I can understand that they had the money. Okay, yeah, I can live <laughs> with that. But I didn't like that they didn't fill in a lot of premium positions. They didn't go out and get a lot of edge help. They didn't go out and get tackle help. They didn't. That, that's that's where I walk away and go. All right, you better do work in the draft. Now they got the picks, so maybe they will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they better. So I think the Bears, to me, the, the grade is still incomplete. I need to still see it with the Bears a little bit of like, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I always say, and I, I always say with the Eagles, look, nobody gets everything right. Nobody. But when the Eagles make a decision, I usually get the thought process behind it. I think they're a very smart organization for the most part. 
I don't get the decision making in Chicago. And to your point, it, look, it's easy to demolish something. Nobody hires the demolitionist uh, to rebuild the house. You know that that that's the easy part. The hard part is gaining these assets and and doing something with these assets. And those have been questionably, but we'll see. I mean, they have plenty of things and we'll see how Ryan Poles does. Just haven't been impressed early on. I have been impressed with your work at Sports Illustrated, though, Matt. At Matt Berteram, follow him there. Couple pieces, because I know Jody disagrees with one and I disagree with another. I'll start with the backup quarterbacks. I you had I think you had Marcus Mariota at 13, Gardner Minshew at four, somewhere in that range. You yeah, guys that's about um, right. Uh, why why do you think Gardner's better? And then the second I just saw your worst five free agent signings. I agree wholeheartedly with number one. I think you hit that nail on the head. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. Number two, you had Andre Dillard. I thought that was a great signing. To get a potential left. Now, if they blow it, if he can't play, obviously. But if you get a left tackle for under $10 million, I love that. I love that roll of the dice from Tennessee. So both of those kind of defend yourself. I will. I will gladly defend myself. All right. So number one, uh, with Minshew and Mariota. My problem with Mariota, I'm a big guy on like availability. You need to be able to play. It's hurt all the time. Now, last year, to his credit, he largely stayed healthy, but he has had a long history of, of injuries. Now, I will say this. I like his fit in Philly because he can play that yeah. style very well. Yep. So I like the fit. If you Literally, if you asked me of the 32 teams, where would he be best as a backup? I would have said there or Baltimore. Like, yeah. I, I, think, I think that, you know, because you want to have that running capability built into the game. So I understand completely why the Eagles signed him. And by the way, to be on that list, you're one of the top half, you're in the top half of the backup quarterbacks. So it's not like I ranked him 30th, uh, but uh, my coworker, Gilberto Manzano, and I worked on that piece. And I think I like Minshew because I think Minshew, if he had to start for a month, can win some games. Now, I don't, I don't think he's going to go out there and lead a team, you know, to 11 wins over the course of regular season. But I do think that he can actually throw the ball some and play. I like him better as a passer than Mariota. Um, but I understand why Philadelphia did what it did based on the fit of the scheme and the offense. It makes sense in that regard. So I think Mariota is a solid backup as backups go. I just worry about his availability. That's always a concern. If he's got to play for a long stretch, can he be durable? He was last year to his credit. Uh, hasn't always been the case. As for Dillard, the man's barely started any games. He's a first-round pick. Now, I know the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. Fair enough. But to me, was anybody else giving him $30 million? Like, who are they bidding against? That's my thing. I, I don't understand. Who, who are these teams that were, like, lining up to pay Andre Dillard? I feel like you could have gotten him on a pretty cheap deal. Um, now, if it works, sure. Then he's a cheap left tackle. Fair enough. I have not seen any evidence that this is going to work. The Eagles never believed in him at all uh, after taking him in the first round. I mean, he never got on the field. Now, again, I get that they have a great offensive line. He had years to crack that lineup. Never happened. So I I have a hard time when you're paying a guy who's who, – who, and we all know this is true too. When you're a first-round pick, you're going to get every opportunity to get out on the field. 
you're gonna get the you're gonna get the benefit of the doubt. You're gonna win all the tiebreakers. You couldn't do that for four years. You couldn't get on the field. Yeah. That, that, Fair that, point. The only thing I would say, the outlier there is Jordan Mailata. I mean, they gave him no, they defaulted to Andre Dillard all, all the time. They started a couple of years ago. They were rotating, but it was Dillard up first every time. Jody and I talked about it. It was Dillard getting every benefit of the doubt, as you mentioned, Matt. Yep. But at some point, Jordan Mailata is, you know, a freak, a physical freak. And Andre got hurt, as he tends to do. And all of a sudden, it was Jordan Mailata. And they're like, well, this guy's just too good. He's just too I, good. I hope that every guy in that list proves me wrong. But I'm guessing that a couple of, a couple of them probably will. Maybe it's Dillard. But uh, Jimmy's not going to prove you wrong. Jimmy's You're going to be right. No, You're gonna I, be I, that's why he's number one. Um, <laughs> I, I, my most, my most, honestly, that's not even about Jimmy as much as it's just about the Raiders and what they're doing. Like, I just, right. I get you got cheaper by getting Jimmy Garoppolo in there over Derek Carr. You also got worse, and and you have Garoppolo who cannot throw the ball well outside the numbers or down the field. So like, you desperately need a tight end, and you trade your tight end. I, I will, I will never understand the Raiders. Um, and I feel good about that since they haven't won a playoff game in 20 years. Maybe that's <laughs> a vote race. against Jimmy Garoppolo is a vote against Josh McDaniels is a vote against yes. the Mark Davis. It yes. all comes under one big collective umbrella at some point, And I don't think you're getting it wrong. Matty V always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, we're reading you now at SI these days. You're going to be part of the MMQB podcast going forward as well, right? Yes, I will. I'm looking forward to that. Once we get that thing rolling again. Sounds good. We will catch you there as well. And uh, we will, from time to time, ask you to get up in the morning and jump in with us and see. Now, I believe the color of his beard. Our previous guest this morning, a guy, Mark Farzetta, doesn't have a, like, uh, quasi-black beard. Oh, he's got a black beard, a Lincoln black beard. <laughs> and he's almost as old as me and McMullen, so he's just full of baloney that he's not uh, actually coloring <laughs> it. Uh, I'm buying in the Verderam. You don't use any... Uh, for men products on that beard, do you? Not yet. Uh, not yet. Although this is some grays in there. There's some grays. That's okay. Yeah, you know, listen, you're, I'm, you're, I'm fine with that. Get, I'm not you'll afraid. You'll catch me yeah. sometime within the next couple of decades. Yeah. Matty <laughs> V, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate you hopping on. Take Thanks, care, Matt. Matt Verderam, now of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Distinguished, I like to call it. You got you to gotta get distinguished. You got to go gracefully into yeah. the gray nights. There is there is no gracefully here. All right, John McMullen, Johnny McDonald, here we are on Birds 365. We're going to come back, put a bow on the show, put a bow on the week. Stay with us. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find or one you get lost in? 
one that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow, to get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Down the home stretch of a football Friday show here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac. Uh, thank both Matt Verderam and Mark Farzad. It's amazing that you got four guys with no hair, but every single one of us has a beard. Yeah, and well, you got to hide the no hair some some way, Jody. That's why we all do. Yeah, we that got thing. the headsets on. We're yeah. uh, not doing all that good of a job hiding it. Um, in case uh, anybody just uh, streamed in late, uh, Johnny broke this about. 45 minutes ago, somewhere thereabouts. Eagles get a contract extension done with Lane Johnson. It's more a reallocation of money, uh, but beneficial to the Eagles short-term and beneficial to Lane Johnson because he gets more money right in his pocket immediately. Right, J-Mac? Yeah, and he did get a little bit of a a raise as well, deservedly so. But uh, the big news for the Eagles is obviously the cap relief. Uh, So essentially, you know, He's got two more years, and that's what Lane has said. He's going to start thinking about retirement two more years, but he's locked in for uh, two more years. And then, you know, if things go well, if he wants to continue playing, it'll be, you know, probably year to year at that point, more in the J- Jason Kelsey realm. Um, but dessert, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to complain about Lane Johnson getting a raise. I mean, that guy's been. Um, Unbelievable. Uh, again, two years. I can't even fathom that. Every once in a while, you know, all the impressive, we talked about all the career seasons, all the franchise records. Of all the things the Eagles accomplished and in individual accomplishments, Lane Johnson's to me is just ridiculous. Um, a, a, a starting right tackle in the NFL with all the pass rushers now, not giving up a sack for over two seasons. It is un 
unbelievable. For me, he's an unquestioned Hall of Famer. Both Kelsey and Lane Johnson have achieved that status. Uh, so congrats to Lane Johnson for being as good as he is and rightfully being compensated for it. Congrats, Howie Roseman, for getting the contract extension done, negotiating, everybody happy, giving himself more cap relief for this year. And one more. And, Jay mac you like to do this, too, as do I. And, and add a guy to uh, Jeff Lurie which I think kind of flies under the radar every once in a while. You got to have an owner who's willing to write these checks immediately because they're signing both and they get, they, they get paid right away. And you got to have both the money and the willingness to go. Yeah. If it's going to help us over the course of the season, over the course of seasons, yeah, I can write a big check today. And Jeff Laurie does give Harry Roseman that flexibility to be able to manage the cap. The owner has to make a commitment for the general manager to be able to do what he has to do. And Jeffrey Laurie surely does that for Harry Roseman. So uh, good work today out of three Eagles, Lane, Howie, and Jeff Laurie. And we'll be back on Monday to talk about it. J-Mac, have a good weekend. You're in with me on Monday, right? Yeah, NFL meetings week, uh, but we don't have to worry about the tush push, so everybody can forget about that. It will be in play for 2023, and so will we, God willing, Jody McDonald. Tush push going nowhere fast, much like Birds 365, which we'll be back on Monday, which is in two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.